seated. So if you have a, a lesson sheet here, we've, we've got the fill in the blanks. And <clears throat> the first line there, we have the intro. Uh, prophecy. Prophecy is the doctrine of Scripture dealing with predictions of events that will occur in the future. So when you see somebody and they, they're talking about prophecy, uh, events unfolding in prophecy, prophecy is the doctrine of Scripture dealing with predictions of the events that will occur in the future. This study of theology called eschatology, that's E-S-C-H-A-T-O-L-O-G-Y, E-S-C-H-A-T-O-L-O-G-Y, O-L-O-G-Y. Eschatology is from the Greek word eschatos. Eschatos. And that word means last. Uh, we give you a reference there if you want to go to 2 Peter chapter number 3. It's one of many verses that the word eschatos is translated. And by the way, please know this. I don't ever uh, use Greek words to impress you. I just don't do that. Amen. I, I don't know enough Greek uh, to impress you. I know enough, like Dr. Malone said many years ago, you've heard me say it so many times, he said, I know a little Greek and a little Hebrew. The little Greek owns the pizza shop and the little Hebrew's my attorney. Amen. And that's about all the Greek and Hebrew I know. But there are many tools that you can use, uh, especially now, uh, that can help you with this. And so 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 3, it says, knowing this first, that there shall come in the when? Last Days, that word eschatos, last days, scoffers walking after their own lust. So uh, the, the, the theology uh, is called eschatology from the Greek word eschatos, last, the study of last things. You have a blank line there. The study of last things, okay, final things. So the study of eschatology encompasses all the predictions or prophecies contained in Scripture, whether they have already been fulfilled or have yet to be fulfilled. So, key prophecies deal with, and, and really, we, just, we, we don't have time to really go through all of these. We'll stop and pause and look up a few of these verses here, but again, this is just kind of an overview of prophecy. Uh, key prophecies deal with, uh, number one, first bullet point there, the nation of Israel. The nation of Israel. One of the uh, key points of interpretation, uh, I believe, uh, especially the interpretation that we take, and we mentioned this on Sunday as well, is that Israel is not the church and the church is not Israel. There are promises that are given to the church. That's us. That's the age we live in now. And there are many promises that are given to Israel that couldn't possibly be for the church. And so we're going to take the time and look at that. So many prophecies, particularly, uh, we, we give a couple there in Isaiah, the restoration of Israel. Uh, many prophecies concern the nation of Israel. Uh, here's one that we know well, the next one. Uh, second bullet point there. The first advent or coming of Jesus. The first coming of Jesus Christ. You remember the prophecy. Important prophecy. What does it say? Uh, uh, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall be with child. That was a prophecy. By the way, praise God, that was perfectly fulfilled. Amen? 
Remember, we're, we're going to, I was just, just looking and I, I try to uh, look at my preaching calendar and plan out and I got to planning out several months and I got to looking and I was like, you know, it, it's time for Christmas messages. Amen? It's, it's going to be, before we know it, it's going to be Christmas time. And I, I was looking and one of the messages, Miss Judy, this year is going to be on the birth of Christ. Fulfilled prophecy. That was given 700 years before Jesus was born. Very important prophecy, ladies and gentlemen. Amen. So the first advent of Jesus Christ. How about this one? And let, let's do this. Let's go to Isaiah. We're, we're making right turns here. So you can go, if you want to go to Isaiah 7.14, you can look at that first prophecy that we looked at there. And that's, uh, Behold, a virgin shall be with child. If you have a study Bible, there's probably a, a mark or a notation uh, there in Isaiah 7:14 about the first advent. Therefore, the Lord Himself shall give you a sign: Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. By the way, uh, one of the reasons we believe this old King James Bible, Amen, is that it's translated correctly. You look at a Revised Standard Version. And you know what it says there? It says, Behold, a young woman shall be with child. And you know what I say to that? Big deal. Young women have children every day. Only one time a virgin has had a child. Amen? And it's important. Amen? So uh, over to Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9. So key prophecies deal with, we're talking about the study of prophecy, the nation of Israel. Secondly, the first advent or the first coming of Jesus Christ. Number three, if you look at verse number seven of Isaiah 9, we know verse six, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be what? No and upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from henceforth even how long? So the third one is the eternal kingdom of Jesus Christ. Prophecy has not been fulfilled yet. How about Isaiah chapter 65? Tommy's looking forward to that. Don't shush him, Tim. Don't shush him. Amen. I don't often tell dads what to do with their kids, but I love it when Tommy makes noise. Amen. We, he's participating in the service. We're going to meet him one day in heaven, and Tommy's going to go, see, you know, I was telling him, say amen. And I wonder how many times he's going to say, preacher, I was, going to, I was really saying, when are you going to be done? Amen. <laughs> amen. Isaiah 65, verse 17, look at it here. For behold, I create what? New heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered nor come into mind. So a prophecy of the new heavens and the new earth, not yet been fulfilled, going to be one day. God's going to renovate this old world by fire, and he's going to create a new heavens and a new earth. Glory. Uh, we don't have time to look up these. This is full chapters, but uh, in Daniel 2, 4, and 7, we have the rise and fall of world empires. Prophecies. Remember when, when 
what was the reason that Daniel ended up in Nebuchadnezzar's presence? Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. He couldn't interpret it. Daniel said, I can tell you what it means, but you're not going to like it. Remember? What did he say? He said, well, I saw this great statue, and it had a head of gold. And, and he, you know, he went through it. He said, and, and then I saw this statue. Uh, this tree that was cut down to cut down to a stump, and that was you. And uh, there, another's going to come and take your kingdom. And so the rise and fall of world empires, prophecies. Okay. Well, how about this one? Go to Daniel chapter twelve. What a glorious one this is going to be. I was just out at. A couple weeks back, I was doing the graveside service of J.C. Perry, and I began to think about this, this prophecy. In Daniel chapter 12, verse number 2, and it's also in John 5, 28, 29, but it says, And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. What is this? This is the resurrection of the dead. Not been fulfilled just yet. Talking about all of us. Obviously, Jesus has been resurrected, but the dead are going to wake up. Amen? He's going to raise those corruptible bodies out. So, the resurrection of the dead. Uh, Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. Aren't you glad you're inside right now? Wow. I didn't even know that was uh, on the forecast. I didn't even see that. I'm also glad they didn't do the striping today. I'm glad they waited a day. <laughs> Parking lots are look, looking good for uh, Classic Sunday. Amen. Matthew chapter 16, look at verse 18. You know this verse. It says, And I say unto thee that thou art Peter upon this rock. By the way, the rock was what Peter said in verse 16. Rock wasn't Peter. It was the fact that he said Jesus Christ is the Son of God. <clears throat> That's the rock. But he says this. Jesus says, I will build my church. I will build my church. We learn about the the church in Ephesians 5.27, that one day it's going to be without spot and without wrinkle. I don't know about you, but today, sadly, it's got a lot of spots and a lot of wrinkles. But you know what God's going to do? He's going to take that spot remover, and he's going to take that iron out. And the church, one day, is not going to have spot or wrinkle when it's presented to the Lord. Amen. So the church, uh, the next one there, the church. Lots of prophecies about the church. How about this one? Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. Sorry, I made you take a left turn there. Sorry about that. Matthew chapter 1. And then we'll go to Ephesians as well as we look at this. But Matthew chapter 1, verse 21 says, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sin. Go over to Ephesians chapter 2 and we'll look at this, this line here. Ephesians chapter 2, beginning in verse number 5. Key prophecies deal with the nation of Israel. The first advent of Jesus Christ, the eternal kingdom. 
of Jesus Christ. The new heavens and new earth. The rise and fall of world empires. The resurrection of the dead. The church. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 5 says, uh, Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are ye saved. And hath raised us up together and made us to sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. What do we see here? A prophecy of salvation. Salvation. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Tells us the, so much in the New Testament tells us about salvation. How about this one in Matthew chapter 25? Matthew chapter 25, the end of the, the judgment of the living nations that's here. Matthew chapter 25 tells us about the devil and his angels, and it tells us something else here. Matthew chapter 25, verse 41. Then shall he say unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Verse 46. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into Life eternal. So next to there you have eternal punishment and eternal life. Prophesied. Prophecies of these. Not been fulfilled yet. How about Acts chapter 1? Acts chapter 1. It's a great chapter of the word of God. Love it when the disciples came to Jesus and they said, Are you going to restore the kingdom now? And he said, It's not for you to know the times and the seasons. Brother Rob, he said, You're on a need-to-know basis and you don't need to know right now. <laughs> Amen. Oh, the disciples were looking forward to, forgive me, grinding their heel into Caesar is really. But Jesus had something different in mind, didn't he? He uh, was going to gather a people unto himself. I believe he was going to birth the church in the next chapter. And the uh, church was going to go through the whole world and scatter the gospel. But we see something in verse 10 and 11, prophecy. It says, and while they looked steadfastly, here's the ascension of Christ in verse 9. And it says, while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, these angels here, and which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Didn't Jesus himself say, I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. So what do we see here? We see the return of Jesus Christ is a great portion of the prophecies of the Bible deals with the second coming of Jesus, the return of Jesus Christ. We don't have time to go to each of these, but uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 4, and then, of course, Revelation chapter 
20, verses 10 through 13, all deal with divine judgments. Divine judgments. Also, by the way, we, we know uh, the, the seal judgments and the bowl judgments and the trumpet judgments of Revelation are all divine judgments. Lots of prophecy is about divine judgments that are coming to pass. Uh, Old Testament prophecy as well. God said, uh, I'm going to judge the nation. Think about the captivity of Israel, the captivity of Judah. What were those? Those were divine judgments of God. And God keeps his word in regards to judgment. So uh, I love this one, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We're almost done here just by this intro. And I hope this wets your whistle a little bit for the upcoming lessons. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 26 it says, and the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. The destruction of death. It's a prophecy. And uh, those of you that are, that are readers and, and some of you have children, boy, if you got little ones, my wife has read to our kids for years, and just when they were little, you ought to read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe to your kids. And uh, you learn about that lion, Aslan, and he is a picture of Jesus Christ the Lion of Judah. He, he died on that stone table. He let himself be killed, and then death went backwards. And uh, praise God, our, our Lord died on a cross, and that was the day he dealt the final blow to death. But one day he's going to destroy it. He's going to put it in the lake of fire where it belongs. Amen. What a day that's going to be. And then uh, the last one there, uh, Revelation chapter 20, we have the millennial reign of Christ. The millennial reign of Christ. I have, uh, I should be different verses there. You should have verses 4 through 6 in Revelation chapter 20. And all, so many verses in Isaiah deal with the millennial reign of Christ. When, when you read the, that the lion and the lamb shall lay down together, you know, that doesn't happen now. The, the lion tears that lamb apart. And uh, that a child will play with an adder. There'll be no, no thorns on the rose. It's all going to happen during the millennial kingdom of Christ when Jesus reigns on earth. So last three lines here, we're done. Uh, and many more, of course there are many more. May God guide us into his prophetic truth as we plod along through this study, remembering that there is no more disagreed upon part of theology than eschatology. <laughs> it's hard to get two Christians to agree on the exact structure of eschatology. Listen, we'll be gracious one to another, but there are some things in the Bible that God clearly says. And by the way, chief among them is that our Savior is going to return. Amen. To God be the glory. Father, thank